This this week on Space Hunters, I'm oh, Pete. Right. Yeah, that, I'm Pete of the Pedro Boys on Space Hunters. I that's that's just immediately what I was thinking. Uh, this Pedro Boys, I'm Pete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that a little curmudgeon is Josh. Um, yeah, well, a wise man once said, "You really, you know, never introduce yourself." You want to be the kind of strive to be the kind of person that demands an introduction from others. And what Pete just did is submit to that. Um, And that was just a little sketch we set up up front to give some tips to listeners for how to conduct yourself in professional environments or an entertainment environment. And that quote was from a... Pillar of our success, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, he said that in a webinar mm-hmm. as part of his YouTube uh, business series. So hit that, um, subscribe to that if you uh, want something. Uh, we don't usually plug things too often, so feel free to do that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, um, I actually... Do you have anything, Josh? Because I, I was like, I was very excited about this episode to just. Can't, I mean, other than a hearty sigh of relief, no. That it was over. No, about. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I know, I know, I know that I personally, I get scared once in a while with some horror stuff. But I was like, oh, you too, Josh. Um, yeah. So this week is uh, this episode is episode two, but it's chapter chapter ten. Chapter ten. Um, passenger. If you want a way of remembering it, you can just remember that, you know, in high school we got off at 210. Like, classes over at 210. So it's just remember that's it when, that way. That's when you would get out? Yeah. Really? Okay. I always got to, mm-hmm. you know what? We're not getting, we're not getting out, get out? Uh, 245 and 250. When'd you start? 820. Okay. I think we started at 750. Oh, all right. I, I would. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, all right. It was a lot. So this week um, uh, is basically. But it's not like that anymore. They changed the schedule now for these new kids. They even have like a study hall period. We never got that. I don't even know what they're doing with it. You know they're not studying. I'm 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 curious if they want to do school earlier or later. I feel like students want to do later. I mean, for that age, it should be later. Uh, I mean, I, it should I, be way later because it's like once you get in high school, the parents aren't like your parents don't necessarily have to like be all over you. Yeah, and parents do be due to that. They do be doing yeah, that. Yeah. Plus, they don't understand to begin with. Ugh, tell me about it. I mean, like somebody was like saying. Oh, Joe Biden winning and beating Donald Trump is more like um, Empire Strikes Back. And I was like, what are you doing? It's I it's not. Oh, did that happen? Was that a thing? People are saying that people. Honestly, I we haven't talked about this because we didn't get as desperate as we normally do for filler episodes. Mm-hmm. But I have been just in the back of my head. Um, cataloging all the politicians this election cycle, like 
being like, oh, this is the Senate, not like the Star Wars Senate. And I'm like, you just said Star Wars just because you wanted a clip, but that has no- that has nothing to do with what happened in Star Wars. Also, you're a grown adult and have a position of power. Stop talking about a fake movie. Um, but that is... It's not oh, just a fake movie. It's um, a fake way Hey, stop going to um, Galaxy's Edge, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> The pictures of it, um, stop, please, for the love of everything. He has been subtly talking about this for a while, but I stumbled upon a post on Instagram that I sent him. Yeah. That will hopefully be the the tipping point. I'm not going to write anything to her. For Pete to while out. No, I just, I get it. Like, there's a financial incentive for certain people to, like, move their products, but, like, we're in a it's spiking it is only going up like uh, yeah tell that to that freaking football game that postponed saturday night live on saturday good lord um yeah it is i mean it's just gonna get worse which i guess we can talk about no i don't care uh we'll we'll talk about some heavy editing up front i'm just gonna put in a request up front i want you to keep in all the stuff about school hours I think that's an important topic. I want you to keep in me right now saying all this. Um, but all the bummer stuff in the middle, we could probably take out. All right. So right. this week we are covering chapter 10 passenger. Um, yeah, but first. You got to be kidding me. No, I'm not. A few weeks ago in the lead up. To no. Season two of the Mandalorian. Wait. Okay. Two weeks ago, I guess. Yeah. All right. I'm. 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 I'm with you. We were going back. Well, we're going to get prepared. Blah 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 blah. You know, I'm kicking it around and I'm noodle with my guitar. I'm thinking, oh hey, let me blah 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 blah. And then I figure, oh oh look, I can figure out how to play a male artist song on my guitar. And I figured it out and I recorded it. I sent it to Pete. Radio silence. You didn't send it to me. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. All right. Yup. If you did, oh wait. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, oh wait. Oh, oh wait. Is that one coming, you punk? You want some hey, notes? You didn't send it to me. You want some notes? Ugh. You're ridiculous. They're I figured not... out even more of it since then. And what do you know about notes? What are you gonna say? It's not Jawa Chase. Um, I assume it's not Jawa Chase. I haven't listened to it. Um, because you would you wouldn't tailor something to make me happy. You just want to brag about how great you are to make me feel feel small but that's fine i don't want to brag about it i just want to point it out yeah and then you want me to be like oh josh that's so great good job josh that's awesome i love that song no i mean i figured you'd say something snooty like i don't know something you know i can't i can't what? sink to your level to come up with that sort of witticism <laughs> i'll leave it to you actually we're gonna be talking about sinking to levels a lot on this episode <laughs> today um and we're Spoiler alert, I have a big, big book out on my desk, so be ready. Okay, um, I don't, you can put the Bible down, I don't know why, I don't know why that's there. You're preposterous. So, this week, called Passenger, um, we are starting a theme, aka Monster Hunters. Yeah. Um, and also... I think John Favreau has found out that little Yanni is more popular than him and has now started the smear campaign of little Yanni. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Um, yeah, that, that was, that was, uh, quite, the, quite the surprise. Big takeaway. 
Yanni and Jim Jared are both <laughs> not good people. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess there's like a, they're trying to you know paint this the Mandalorian in like a kind of world is gray kind of thing, which I guess was his mantra at the beginning. But you know, let's mm-hmm. let's start at the very beginning. All right, so let's start at the very beginning, which is per usual. I had to wait until my girlfriend was home to watch this episode, um, but this was of course what day four of what the heck is going on in the country. So you know, I need my. Breaths of fresh air, my time-wasting websites. But, of course, I know I'm not supposed yeah, to go can, on Yeah, you can't go on any of them. Right. But I, I messed up, and I was just, like, so out of it that I accidentally went to one, right? And I see a picture of Timothy Oliphant dressed as Cobb Vant. And I see, I already was like, oh, no, oh, no. And I immediately X out. But I catch the title of the, he- the headline for a second. And it says, The Mandalorian's New Kicker. And then I was like, I'm out, I'm out. And I'm thinking to myself, new new ticker? Like he gets a new heart or something? Is there going to be like a heart transplant? And I was like, stop thinking about it, stop thinking about it, stop thinking about it. And then, you know, come to find out it wasn't even about episode two, it was about episode one, and it was news ticker, and it was, I think, referring to that flashback. But, yeah, that was a... That was a fun extra spike of anxiety over the past week. So that was where this episode began with me. Come to find out, there is nothing you could spoil about this episode if you tried. Yeah, I mean, if you were to be like, oh, hey, Josh, there's a female Barabble with all of her kin, and um, (laughs) Jin Jumunji is going to try and help her get to her home planet. And it's just like, what? Uh, Okay. So... So many times this episode... There was like a build up to what something was going to be or someone. And every time I was like, oh, never mind. It's Boba Fett last week. And then this week it's a frog. And then Dave Filoni and the other guy that we saw 20 minutes prior showing back up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's one spoilers. But obviously you should know that by now. I'm going to quit this. Um, oh, but welcome. If you're a new listener, if you're a new listener. Um, so we got I mean, there's a lot of cool, like little chunks with this. So. Um, and you know, the show, like obviously stealing just other popular movies and other popular things and then throwing them in there, but it's also, you know, doing some references to parts of the trilogies. So we open the scene with, um, Jing Jamuga mm-hmm. and he is, he has little Yanni and they're flying on a speeder and then there's four guys or three guys. Doesn't matter. Four. Um, and they, I think I, one was, I'm still struggling to figure out what, what it was. Um, I think it was the, the little, the little guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that there's, yeah, it jumped out at me as well. I think it's something, it's something from, it's either eight or rogue one. It's either eight or Mm -hmm. rogue one Mm. because nine really had nothing, um, in terms of, like aliens that actually do I actions just popped in my head and then went away. Um, well, yeah, yeah we'll get to I it. I think it might be something on Jakku or, Oh yeah, that would make yeah. sense. That would make more Maybe. sense. Yeah. Um, so we get, you know, really cool, um, draw back to battle of Endor, um, with the ropes, you know, hiding in the sand and stuff like that. And we see why, um, Django is basically, 
the Mandalorian and is able to quickly respond to everything. Um, a lot of times with this show, we get this scenes like this are to enhance and show what the Mandalorian can do for future scenes and for later scenes. So, you know, we see the whispering bird, whistling birds, whispering birds a couple times, but we see it originally. And now we're seeing that he, we see a lot of use of the jetpack in the, in the scene, which is really cool. Um, how, yeah, which will inevitably come up in an episode or two. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I'm not complaining. I thought it was really cool. I think it's also, um, it's a very realistic portrayal of like the guys like, listen, there's nowhere you can go where I won't find you if you touch him, <laughs> which yeah. if I'm that alien, I'm like, yeah, probably true. And he just took out my three taller friends pretty easily. So what do I have? What do I have to lose? I would not have asked for the jetpack. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all things considered, um, it is the coolest thing. So I don't blame him for grabbing the jetpack to his death. <laughs> And well, that's very generous of you. That is, I mean, that's pretty much the opening scene. It's a very, it's a very cool opening scene. Wasn't in the trailer at all. Um, although we're coming dangerously close to seeing everything in in the trailer. Um, I was gonna say, I I think I'm hoping quite because quite frankly, I want it to be. I want to be past the trailer footage because last year we saw footage all the way up through the finale in the preview materials. Yeah, well, we are. We have not. And I don't want that this year. I, I, I would be surprised if we don't see Moff Gideon. So, like, there's no Moff. Oh, no, we definitely. Yeah. Won't. So there's there's been no Moff in the in the trailer so far. We'll get into we'll we'll get into the last scene once we finish the episode. I have some thoughts about it. Yeah, I mean, my my concern being that that trailer. There's a heavier Imperial presence in some of the stuff in the trailer, and it's got Gina Carano and Carl Withers, and I'm like, I'm concerned that that would be the finale, but I don't think it is. I have I have a rough sketch of where I think it is going as well. So we get to um, the hangar. No, we get to the cantina where we actually see, um, I mean, a big part of the Mandalorian is expanding on aliens that were in the peripheral and bringing them to the forefront. That's why we, you know, had uh, the Ugnaught. You're not going to say Ian Queel? Okay. Um, I'm saving it for later. <laughs> uh, all right. I just threw it on a platter, but whatever. Um, we get to see... Yeah, I have a better lead in, don't worry. We get to see... They're playing Sabacc, right? Yes, because she wins with an idiot's array, just like Lando beats Zeb in Rebels. It was a little... Idiot's array. It's a little weird that she kind of hustled him because... She could have just charged him anyway, normally. Um, so I don't know what that extra cash. Well, I think she does. She also does that. Um, <laughs> she also says there's a finder's fee. Kelly <laughs> um, Moto, by the way, the name of that character. Kelly Moto, her. Kelly. Sorry. Pelly. Pelly Moto is Amy Sedaris's character. Oh, okay. That's a cool name. Probably becoming a fan she, favorite, I would say. Oh yeah, that she's great. Yeah. And just how um, naturally she says all these jokes, you know, like when they're talking about roasting yeah. the great dragon mm-hmm. and she's like, what am I, Nemoidian? Um, no, what am I, Rodian? Yeah. Rodian. Yeah, I picked up on that. I was like, oh, I thought I liked this character. Turns out she's a huge racist. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, she's also, she likes ants. She's hanging out with a space ant. 
Well, no, she's yeah. hustling a space This hand. episode, by the way, directed by Peyton Reed, whose credits include Oh my Brain gosh. And Ant-Man. That just that just clicked. Yep. Ant-Man, Ant-Man. So we get to the hangar and um, we have information that the Mandalorian can find um, and can get intel on another coven. If covert covert. Yeah. Um, did he call it coven or am I just saying that? I feel like when I watched it the second time subtitles were on and I figured what the heck, I can't understand half the crap these people are saying anyway. And it was covert. Oh, okay. Well, um, we get the, we get this and we get, you know, a nice little back and forth where, Basically, um, he has to transport this woman with her eggs um, via sublight, which is really cool, to some plant we've never heard of in order for the eggs to get fertilized. Um, Yes, the frog woman voiced by D. Bradley Baker. That's awesome. Yes, and played by Misty Rosas. Whose credits include this frog lady and Quill. And there it is. All right. That's much better than what I yep. forced into it. So would have been even better if you hadn't whiffed it a heck earlier. All right. So trying to make a living here. You're over here. And Josh is playing a game of being a what? Hmm. You can let's go. Let's go. Keep moving. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. All right. So we get this scene um, and we, you know, see the stakes. Um, fu- yeah, aches can't go into hyperspace. Yeah. Which isn't the most contrived plot device that's been in Star Wars before. But I was sort of like, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, it's just like, you know, some Whatever. people fly, some take people the take the it. train. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Some people drive, so I guess this is the Star Wars equivalent um, because Star Wars doesn't do teleportation. So um, we get, you know, uh, a new language, I guess, which is just hilarious to see Amy Sedaris um, talking and doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, she does it so well. It comes off, like, really organically. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, she fits into she that. She feels like she's in that universe. She fit, yeah, she feels like she's in that world. Yeah. Um, so we get that, and she's up in the cockpit. Um, the have we seen this alien before? Because I said Barabble, yeah, but it's definitely not a Barabble. I think that one of them pops up in like the 1996 or 97, whatever redone version of the Mos Eisley Cantina. I think there's there's some sort of reptile-headed thing. Okay. Um, which is just interesting to see it on Tatooine. It doesn't really seem like it makes perfect sense to be there. Um, oh, you mean why would a creature who specifically says that there's only one planet in the galaxy that is hospitable to it on a desert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's a question. That's a question. But that's also, they're but also desperate. Who are we to judge? Who knows what their circumstances are? Yeah. I mean, they're, they could be extremely desperate, so... Um, who who are sure. who might uh, ask a question like that? Who are you? Um, so now we're at the part of the episode where you. This is one of the unfortunate things about Johnny F being in control of the show is that at his whim, um, he can 
use his power to discredit or basically run a smear campaign on any given character. And he realized, and it's just weird too. I don't know why he would do this to Lil Yanni, but um, he realized that Lil Yanni was more popular than him. Uh, no, spoiler alert, still more popular than him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, Buttered Toast is more popular than Johnny F, for sure. Yeah, he really figured that that one Mandalorian with the minigun that he decided to do the voice for was going to be the runaway favorite of season one. And- like, he was like, oh, we kept it a secret, we kept it a secret. Like, didn't have to, nobody cares. Yeah, so we find out, um, which it's it's funny and yet also incredibly disturbing at the same time. We see a little Yanni um, find the eggs and then use the force, it looks like, for them to all attract to his hand. That's how I kind of read that scene. Yeah, I mean, and it, yeah, it very much was like, Oh, the power of the force to create life. Oh, big things coming here, which is never the case with this show. Yeah, and a lot of this, I didn't, I hate doing this analogy, but it really makes it seem more like Little Yanni is a pet than a actual, like, um, like person with yeah right because like i have seen my dog do that where like there's food out yep and he jumps up on the table and when he wags his finger at him go yeah pretty much no and i mean i haven't been around like four or five year olds in a while and i'm sure you you know parents do that to them too but like it really made it seem like little yanni was like a pet or a toy as opposed to being like a, a child that goes through things Right, but he, that also just says as much about Mando as it does about, I mean, quite frankly, more. Because it's like, you know, Mando didn't go to work one day and be like, okay, I'm a dad now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, he's also still struggling to deal with things, too. I mean, it's clear that mm-hmm. this is all completely new territory because he, yeah. well, it is really, I mean, he's he's doing a pretty good job as a single dad. You know, he doesn't he doesn't yeah. hit little Yanni. He just says he just says no and that we know of. Um, if we if he did, I'm pretty sure little Yanni would um, <laughs> choke him to death. We, we've yeah. seen we. But because this, you want to talk about? I just have a note here that's the filler of it all. And what is this show is making a peed out of me. <laughs> um, not that it's necessarily a bad thing to be filler, but in watching this episode again and really trying to be like, okay, what am I getting from this episode? <laughs> that I didn't know before or like what what is why should this be a full eighth of the story they've decided to tell this season and there is a lot of, and you know it is very much about parents this whole episode and it in a lot of ways is not as one for one as last week's homage to Jaws mm-hmm. was but it's very it's obviously got some alien and aliens stuff in it with the eggs and the spiders but beyond that aliens is also very much a film about mothers uh-huh. And similar to that, you know, you, you have, yeah, a lot of a lot of different types of parenthood on display here. And you have Mando doing what he can. I mean, what what more similar father son scene can you have than dad's trying to fix the car and kids, you know, maybe you'll help, maybe you won't. Um, and then you have the frog lady and her eggs and her taking care of them. And then, of course, you have the spiders who only show up once horrible little rugrat Yanni is eating their children. Yeah, which is so 
relatively convenient, but let's, so let's, let's get into they're <laughs> they're flying and, um, two X-wings come and, you know, there's this great little line of what I imagine somebody would do if you're like a smuggler on a boat in, in real life. I mean, you wouldn't do this with a car. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you could, but you're going to get caught relatively easily of just a great back and forth. Like, um, sorry, can't find it. Oh, here it is. Uh, okay, I'm um, going through all of that. So we see that subtitles were a big help for that whole scene. That radio chatter was. Oh, I I liked it a lot. Oh, I I didn't have a problem with it. I had a hard time hearing what they were saying over the radio. So, um, the switching to the next channel and their S foils going into attack yeah. position, that hilarious. Was such a good moment. Yeah. That's like such a great example of I guess what you would call fan service. Uh-huh. But, you know, S-Foil's intact formation is certainly like a, you know, oh, I'm a Star Wars fan, look what I can say type of thing. And to just see the visual of it, um, yeah, that landed real well with me. That was excellent. And then, yeah, Filoni, our dear friend Dave, coming back as Trapper Wolf with that switch to Channel 2 line. Uh, and then we got Captain Carson Teva, um, played by Paul... Sun Yang Lee, who I think is, I read on a show called Kim's Convenience, which I think is on Netflix. Oh, I thought he was really okay. Good. I, th- I actually just assumed that they were going along the lines of throwing directors as part. I sort of too, because I was like, hmm, I wonder, because I don't know that I know everyone directing this year or not. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I thought he, similarly, like there's just certain people, they show up in Star Wars and they just fit that 70s kind of vibe like amy sedaris is a perfect example of you know that when she showed up last season it was just like you look like you walked out of a new hope mm-hmm. um and yeah this uh paul sunning league guy similarly i really bought him as, as an well, it makes pilot. you it makes you want to know more about trapper wolf and that character too for sure well who doesn't want to know more about trapper wolf and i Everybody's like, oh, Cobb Vance spinoff. Oh, Cara June spinoff. Trapper Wall spinoff. Thank you very much. Uh, Sold in the room. Cut the check. Um, I'm, I assume there's probably a bunch of fan fiction already for Trapper Wolf that exists. For sure. Um, Here's a thing about that exchange. You're talking about the back and forth and how he keeps kind of roping them along. And one of his attempts to kind of get him to go is that he's like, okay, may the force be with you. Ben. Oh, yeah. They're like, yeah, you too. But also, he's like never heard of a Jedi before. Um, yeah, which is interesting. Well, I think he probably knows what fanatics say, and he's interacted with New Republic yeah. people because in the in the second yeah. or third episode of the first season, you know, he talks to, um, oh my gosh, what's his name, the head of the guild. Why am I spacing on this? Is grief yeah, hard. grief. And, you know, Grief is like, oh, go to the New Republic. And he's like, uh, yeah, absolutely not. They do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know he has he's had some interaction with them before or the lack thereof of interaction. Yeah. I think this. And it also speaks. It, it speaks to there being like different names for the force and different cultural interpretations. Even within Star Wars, we've seen some stuff in Clone Wars and some stuff in Rebels about it being called different things or utilized in different ways. And I. One of the one of the best lessons I took away from reading comic books 
is I was reading Grant Morrison comic book, and it was just the most preposterous pronoun you'd ever heard. And it's like, oh, the, you know, the time shift, the ultimate fool sails through the fourth dimension. And I realized, like, sometimes just don't question it. Just understand that what they said is, is what they said and take it as fact. And so it's like in my head, I can sit here and nitpick and be like, oh, he said, maybe the force be with you when he's saying never heard of Jedi. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yes, that's correct. That's what happened. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I'm not trying to nitpick. I just I, found I would say that. And I guess we can talk about this as like it's on a little pocket. We get a lot of background about the New Republic without it being shoved in our face. So like mm-hmm. we see that X-Wings are piloting in between hyperspace lanes and they are trying to do searches for ex-Imperial hideouts, which is why they're mm-hmm. there. We see that there is more monitoring going and they're starting to start regulate people into their system, um, which is pretty cool. And that their information is either up to date enough or that um, prison transport that was hit was close to Tatooine somehow, which doesn't seem to make a, a whole ton of sense. No, I think, yeah, I think it's their information. Yeah. Um, but w- it's at least showing that there's, you know, an updated system and, you know, running it through their database and stuff like that. So we do learn a little bit more about the new Republic and how it's not just, they're, they're still in the fringes, but there's still segments of the New Republic that the Mandalorian is dealing with. He's not completely in the Outer Rim in this lawless territory. And you can't help but wonder, like, had he not taken part in that prison break escapade, mm-hmm. would they even be patrolling around there? You know, maybe they're like, oh, man, we got to up our game. They're hitting our prison ships, but... It was a nice tie back to uh, an episode that's not my favorite. Oh, for so. sure. But Trapper Wolf is definitely the hi- one of the highlights of that episode. Oh, Trapper Wolf's the highlight of the show. So we get a chase scene, which I would say in... Oh, maybe it's Ilum. Oh, maybe it's Hoth. Maybe it's nothing, you idiots. I, um... Well, we'll get into... What it That's is what or I isn't was being. I don't think it's a- important at all um, because no. this show is so um, obsessed with being like, you know, that stupid thing nobody really cares about. Here's an episode about it. Oh, you know that alien that's kind of quirky, and you know that yeah, that friend that was a, had a Halloween costume with that in 1996. Oh yeah, we made an episode about that. Why don't you guys check it out? It's so cool. It's just like, <clears throat> all right, <laughs> let's calm down. Um, really cool chasing. The thing I would, I would like to say about it is that took, you know, let's say it took, you know, six or seven months to produce that maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit less, but like the quality of all of that stuff is like higher quality than episode one with the, at least in my opinion of the Mm. pod racing. And just like, if I, I could see that and I'd be like, Oh, that's a movie of that chasing now it had to have been you know five to ten minutes longer for it to be like oh my gosh this is so insane blah 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 but um it i it they're showing their um graphic muscles and it's working really well for sure yeah well and it's a testament to you know how far technology has come since 1999 as well yeah um i loved and this is part of the 
Oh my gosh, I'm just struggling left and right today. The what do they call the their recording set? The Oh, that soundstage that they use with the screen? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have yeah. a name for it. Yeah. But they they reference it so so often. But anyway, um showing it in the cockpit and the mom just freaking out um made you think like you were in a roller coaster of what mm-hmm. Mando was doing as he was doing all that chasing or running away. I thought it was so good. It was okay. So he hides under a canyon or under a crevasse. And then wouldn't you know it <laughs> on an ice planet, the the ice yeah. wasn't built to hold a ship. Ugh, you hate to see it. You really do. But fortunately they were able to fall pretty neatly down into a little spot. I mean, it wasn't perfect. Like, Neely's a strong word. I mean, this ship is like obliterated. It certainly wasn't perfect, but it was it, it was still running. And then we get into the part of the episode where Mando and little Yanni show their true colors of being terrible, yep. terrible uh, characters. And we haven't even mm-hmm. gone to darker light yet. This is just like normal people, and they're kind of like, yeah, they're not good people. So little Yanni no. um, is just eating children. Um, yep. And... Yep. To a fantastic, I guess we'll call it egg theme by Ludwig Gorenson. <laughs> I like his his little egg music, very childlike. Um, yeah, I'm. I, you know what? I so we know little Yanni's fifty. Yeah, I'm curious that if little Yanni seeing the egg from episode two has kind of, like, conditioned him to be like, eggs are good to eat. I'm going to eat everything. Watching these Jawas, like, basically eat that. Oh. <laughs> right? Like, insofar, yeah, as, insofar you as, you know, children. It's all connected. Um, relate that. I'm sure that's not the case. I, I, Johnny F. Just, nope, it's canon. Johnny F. just wanted to make everybody think the little Yanni was terrible. And it worked. I mean, he mm-hmm. is not. He's, like, even the mom, and the mom, the mom was the, the po' boy of the week, for sure. Yeah, Mrs. Frog. <laughs> Mrs. Frog. So um, then we see Mando also be terrible and is like, "Listen, you're done. Like, I'm gonna throw, you, I'm gonna throw <laughs> you some blankets, but those things are are they're over. Um, <laughs> like, get some sleep. And by get some sleep, it, it, he probably meant just like wait to die a cold, slow death. Yeah, his strategy seemed to be let's wait and see how cold it gets. Lethally yeah. cold it gets. <laughs> Like it's gonna get. Su- it seems like it's gonna be pretty bad. I'd like to verify. Yeah, and there's like no fire. There's like I'm just gonna go against this wall. My like dog child is going to like lay next to me in my cold armor, which doesn't really help out. Um and yeah, what he got pillow in that helmet? Shoot. Um, which was a cute moment for sure of little Yanni, um, laying against Mando, but. Um, very reasonably, we see um, the Brabble Mom, which is definitely not Brabble. I know, I know, one hundred percent. So chill, everybody. Um, we see that robot from episode five, episode five or six. Yeah, yeah. zero. Or... Yeah. So we get um, zero back for a little bit, uh, which is pretty cool. Just for the communication part, so it's not like you know. 
Mando being xenophobic again and again, like I don't understand, I don't understand <laughs> you, and I don't not even attempting, blah blah blah. Speak my language. I really did think that they would use that a little more, <laughs> but I guess in the hurry. They didn't go back and grab it or whatever. There's a lot. I mean, there's a. It was very. It was. It was very quickly paced and it was very slow. And then it was like, they went from like zero to 130, very very rapidly. So, mm-hmm. um, the frog mom ends up ditching them. Um, we see kind of a moment that I thought was going to be more of a father son moment between Mando and little Yanni. Um, but little Yanni really didn't care at all. Little Yanni just wanted to find the frog mom so he could be more. Could eat more yeah. children. So that's like the only reason he cared, um, which I'm, I'm pretty disturbed with that character. Well, I guess we'll have to see a little bit more. Um, I mean, I guess you would also be messed up too if you were 50 and had the little Yanni's body. And we're forced to hang mm-hmm. out with six and four year olds in a village in like the third or fourth episode. Um, that might not be great for your mental health, too. So like a release of eating, you know, spawn uh, might be your thing. So I'm not trying to throw 100 percent shade at little Yanni. But uh, we, we get to some hot springs. And we see Mando be like, I can't protect you, which is true. Um, but we see, you know, (laughs) cool hot springs, um, that the mama frog is on and then little Yanni goes and, and one of the most disgusting scenes I've seen in star Wars, um, eats one of those spiders. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, this episode undoubtedly turned off a lot of people in a major way. Like I know a few people that they can't do spiders. Oh, really? Okay. Just like, and it's like, it's not, ju- it. it's not just <laughs> spiders. It's like also the worst imagination of spiders. Mm-hmm. So it's like spiders, but then they also have like, it had what? A hundred teeth with it. Yeah. So this is my time to shine, I guess, while we're getting into these spiders. Um, some of you might have recognized them from rebels. On Adelon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was actually, I was thinking about it from a video game. Well, maybe that ties into it as well, because all of them are derived from one piece of Ralph McQuarrie concept art. I busted out my uh, big giant Ralph McQuarrie Lucasfilm art two volume books. It's in the second book. If you're looking for it, it's in the second book. I looked the whole freaking first book. Anyway, it's, it's a concept piece he did. Um, for a creature on Dagobah, um, McCoy, and, and it's it's from February 1979. McCoy completed a final version of this, and uh, so anyway, concept art from 1979 is very cool. And then again in, in 1995, for a, a book called the Illustrated Star Wars Universe, he updated that sketch to a piece that listeners might be more familiar with. It's sort of the it's it's the spitting image pretty much of that spider. Um, it shows it laying it through its mouth. Isn't that exciting? Uh, and it says of this piece, Ralph Love coming up with these bizarre fungus, animals, creatures, and weird planets. As he talked, he would just sketch. Here is some mushroom that eats mammals, for example. He and I had what I thought was a great idea based on sketch Macquarie did during the production of Empire about a life form that was a big white spider that had almost tree-like limbs. 
we decided in its younger stage it was mobile like a spider and could be a predator. And when it got to a certain mature age, it would plant its legs into the ground and become one of the trees. I like the idea of a plant-animal fusion. So it's in the text of the book. The book, I believe, being that illustrated. His image is a lot more horrifying. Like a tree spider, like where it eats you, and it be... Yeah, that it's is, interesting. He's dark. Like, I thought this was pretty dark, but, like, <laughs> that guy's mind was... Wow, okay. Oh, good lord, calm down. But it's interesting, because you hear, oh, it's based on Empire Strikes Back concept art. Based on this episode, you might be inclined to think, oh, Hoth, but it's... It's Dagobah, and the, the concept image has it kind of juxtaposed against a bunch of trees and roots and stuff. So, so this is not um, a one-for-one, one, though, of the Avalon from Rebels. Right. Um, it is... Is that what it... Well, is that what, that's the name of the planet. I don't know what yeah, 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 yeah. So for those listeners that didn't, didn't watch Star Wars Rebels, you should... But there are a couple spider. There's a spider there, and then which isn't this one. And then in Fallen Order, when you go to Kashyyyk, um, you deal with some spiders, right. which they aren't. Those were more what you would think. So the those are like straight up spiders, yeah, though, right. The ones in I remember the ones in Fallen Order pretty much just being like. And they had like spiders. acid. I I want to say uh, was like the thing that they sprayed. Mm-hmm. Um, these were horrifying. Um, they weren't very smart because based on the numbers, <laughs> they should have not allowed them to get five feet, but they somehow let them get like a hundred. Um, we get to see some, you know, cool, mm-hmm. um, like Avengers end game, um, grenades, like, uh, like sticky grenades that he has. Oh, like Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was about to say, what could you possibly be comparing? To yeah. Endgame? So that was, pre- that was pretty cool. Um, and then I would say the highlight of that chase scene, the second chase scene, um, is the frog mom and how she naturally runs. I thought that yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> well, first get grabbing her outfit with her tongue. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but yeah, the, the frog leaping was, that was, that was a nice yeah, touch and for sure. I mean, they, they don't do a, gr- like Star Wars doesn't do a great, they have a, they do a good job of introducing characters. They don't do a good job of placing those different species into situations. So this show did a, a very good job of, you know, being like, obviously that character or that alien would run in their own way and they show how they do. Mm-hmm. So we get, um, you know, chase back to the ship, a very touching moment of like, you know, doom and gloom. And then the mom protects a little Yanni, even though the mom really shouldn't. Cause like, I've now thought about that in that rebels scene with on Avalon, you know, being one with the force, mm-hmm. you realize that the spiders aren't, you know, they're just doing their own thing. And they, you know, once he comes into peace with the force, he's able to control the spiders or at least, you know, coexist with them. Little Yanni, um, who mm-hmm. will, we'll probably find out is more force sensitive and powerful than the characters and rebels just straight up was like, I'm a Sith Lord. I'm going to eat this spider. I'm going to eat, th- I'm going <laughs> to eat these children, um, in this bottle. So it, we are, we are seeing a contrast or just a missed opportunity for the show to make some nods to other parts of the star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. So, the cool we I mean basically the last scene is everything is doom and gloom. 
we see the mega spider, you know, go and break into the cockpit and a really cool kind of monster scene where, you know, it looks like the monster's going to be actually getting in until something happens. Um, and it also looks like the monster only has one mouth, but it actually has infinity yeah. mouths. And then we get, we see some shooting, and um, Trapper Wolf and Co. come in and um, save the day for sure. Yeah, and it was it pretty much immediately sounded like X Wing fire, but in the back of my head, I was still like, Oh, is it Boba? Who's gonna be? It's gonna be something cool. Is it Boba? Yeah. <laughs> is it a Mandalorian covert? Is it Ice Mandos? Oh, Snow Mandos. Snow Mandos. Um, that would be Sabine. Like Sabine's people are from like a snow planet, or at least they're yeah. they're like Villa uh, was in a snow planet in in Rebel. I don't I don't know. Um. So yeah. So uh, they show up and we they call them out and they're like, we know who you are. We know you took part in prison. You know, you you uh took part in a prison break. They're like, oh, but these are trying times. And so he freed that one guy. But he captured three different guys. So the math means he's up plus two. And then there you get the impression that the new Republic's like, we can't afford to be doing mm-hmm. this. And like you're you're a you're a net positive two in a world where we're getting a lot of like zeros and negatives, I guess. And so they are not gonna take him in. And then Mando's all like, well, how about you don't pay me the bounty for those guys I captured for you and you help me do this? And then my girlfriend's like, yeah, people working together, people helping each other. And then the X-Men guys are like, how about we just don't arrest you, you little idiot? Well, it's like the same. It's it's at a same level as what happened with Timothy Oliphant's character, Cobb Salad, where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, he technically should have done just killed him and gone. But, you know, went the extra mile to kill a crate dragon <laughs> um and you know these x-wing pilots just came in to save the day but uh they're not they're not gonna do other things and help him rebuild a ship like oh wh- but i guess it just sort of big question why did they do that at all then <laughs> why did they save him i guess they're fairly confident that he has what he needs to get off that planet but like I'm sorry, where on the Razor Crest is he keeping a spare windshield? But also, where are they keeping a spare windshield? And he clearly, he has run away from them so much. Clearly, they're not, he's not going to let them bring stuff to him. So, like, his his request was also kind of, like, asking into the wind, I guess. Because it's not like they would have had, I mean, maybe they also have some kits, but... Um, yeah, I, I didn't really consider that before. So we will. S- also, how come when Trapper Wolf was like, hey, Carson, can you switch to channel two? If I was Mando, I'd be like, yeah, I'll also switch to channel two. Oh, no. He's like, I know what's happening. Um, <laughs> he didn't have to switch. He he he's able to read pe- people pretty well. Um, so. What did you think about the episode? I have like kind of one point for next week, but um, I liked it a lot. Um, I liked it more the second time around. I do find like, and this isn't this isn't a problem with the show. This is the antithesis of what Star Wars has taught us. It is previously, which is 
every piece of Star Wars utterly rewrites the entire mythology and the world is at stake and huge scope and everything. And, like, nothing could have been smaller than this episode. Ooh, what could have been smaller? Um, Breaking into a dumb prison ship? Like, there's just... Like, if... Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, quite frankly, if we... I, I could almost guarantee you, if episode three were episode one of this season and these two episodes never happened, it's like, whatever. I mean, you get out, you know, you miss the boat fit thing. I'm, I'm pulling shells. I'm not complaining. But it is... It, it was... It's a very small episode, and I guess my whole thing with it is, and it's crazy. I mean, I never thought I'd be the guy saying filler, and I don't think it's filler. That's just the easiest word for it. But I like this episode on one hand, and I, I, I found it enjoyable. But on the other hand, it just feels like an episode of a show that came out in the 90s and has like 24-hour-long episodes a year. And so watching this episode, knowing that it's one of only uh-huh. eight episodes, I'm like, you know you only have eight episodes, right? I'm sure they do, yeah. But again, I mean, I, you know, uh, Ho- yeah, obviously they, they do. do. Obviously they do. Um, it's just interesting. But I, again, it's. It, I think the thing that just keeps shooting me in the foot is every time somebody shoots from off screen, I'm like, this is it. This is Jangle Fett with a robot head. Um, and that's not this show. Time and time again, this show has rather refreshingly been like, no, we're not about that. That's not the type of storytelling mm-hmm. we're doing. You know, we're doing small stories well told. We're not, you know, I guess just like these days, television in particular is so much about like, big twists and water cooler moments and like creating drama through surprising character deaths or returns and stuff. And the Mandalorian is decidedly not about that. Every time it has the opportunity to tell me that it does, but it's still every now and again, I'm like, I really thought all oh, this was like last week we were talking about like, Oh, well, if he talks about that, both knows who Luke Skywalker is. And then this week it's like frog lady. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. So it's been interesting. It's, but I, I find it a very compelling choice. I mean, it, it's it's bold of Favreau to take the leeway a modern audience would probably give him because just it says Star Wars. And with that, do something different than conventional wisdom dictates you do with an eight-episode television show. You know, not every episode is about changing the world. Not every episode changed everything you know. Um, yeah. Also, he called the bathroom a privy. Um, yeah. Previously in Star Wars Rebels, they called it a refresher. So look at that. It is actually expanding <laughs> the mythos. One bathroom at a time. One bathroom at a time. So the one looking ahead next week, I don't. I mean, it's obviously chapter 11. We're not going to get into the name of it. I don't I don't have it in front of me. Um, Bankruptcy, Pete. It is the Trade Federation's tolls to get to the planet. So he has to go through processing mm-hmm. and individually catalog each egg. Then the mom finds out what I had 20. Where are the rest? And then little Yanni yep. kills her and then eats the rest. Um, well, I just went very dark. Um, 
You usually do. Mm, okay. Knowing, so we saw her in the, we saw the mom in the trailer on the, the boat planet. So I think we're getting the boats next week. Hmm. That's my thought as well. Yeah, I think we're getting boats next week, which is kind of cool. And then I have a small piece of information. This is not plot information. This is behind the scenes information about director. If you don't want to know who's directing upcoming episodes and extrapolating from there, stop listening now. Okay. But uh, I saw today that um, Carl Weathers confirmed that he's directing episode four of The Mandalorian. Interesting. Okay. So I can't help but wonder if he'll be directing an episode he's in or not. And it kind of makes me hope, I guess, that episode three, clearly all signs point to it being Mm -hmm. that water planet, which is a big swath of material Mm -hmm. that we see in the trailer. And then if Carl Weathers is directing episode four, I can't help but wonder if maybe that will be the stuff we see with Grief Cargo and Cara Dune, at which point just burn off all of that trailer material and then Four episodes that we just know nothing about. I mean, barely know anything about these episodes, but obviously I can already extrapolate based on the trailer. I mean, it's, stuff, it's, it's, it's a cool, yeah, it's a cool bet I'm, to I be like, he's some, I think we can assume he gets to the planet and then they have to find a way, they have to have, mm-hmm. find a way to get there. Get cool and Grief Karga is called for assistance and he's like, nothing in life is for free with Grief Karga. And he has to do some. Yeah you know, mission on the planet that grief cargo happens to be there. I don't know. It looked like he went back to Navarro in that trailer, but yeah, I don't know. And I guess I'm, I'm more optimistic than ever given these first two episodes uh-huh. that now that we are on a water planet, probably next week that we may, we will finally get, um, a star Wars shark or they'll, they'll show like a dragon. They'll show one of the Drains monsters the from the boom. There's always a bigger fish. Uh, look, it's just if you've got three fish, each bigger than the last, then obviously you have the small fish. Then you have the medium fish eat the small fish. Then you have the big fish eat the medium fish. I don't know what George Lucas is on that he's thinking, I know it's a good idea. Let's have a small fish. And then we'll have a really, really big fish eat that fish. And then we'll have another slightly more medium fish. And then also the big fish will also come in and get that. And then Qui-Gon says there's always a bigger fish. There's not always a bigger fish. There's one big fish. There's one big fish. There's nothing bigger than that. There's not always a bigger fish. It's insane. Yeah. Um, I should save that for our 200th episode. I'm sure, I'm sure we won't remember it'll and come it'll come back. All right. Well, um, if you want to get a hold of us, podcast at gmail.com, at podboyspodcast is our Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you next week for Chapter 11, Ta- Taxes.